If a customer goes down, is the first question out of your mouth, who's to blame? Or is the first question out of your mouth, what's the fix? And I think all too often, and I'm guilty of this as well over the years too, is wanting to have a scapegoat, wanting to have somebody to point the finger at. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. Good morning. Welcome back to Access Points Podcast. I'm Davin. He's Tim. We're here to talk about an interesting topic today, something we normally don't do. Normally, I, I tee this up and we get into a business topic, but uh, we're going to do a little fireside chat with Tim Elliott today and turn it over to you. Good. Throw another log on. Let's go. Let's do it. So as you know, I'm, I'm about stories. And so I can remember when I was a young man and I was probably, I say seven or eight years old. I can remember being at my grandparents' house and they lived, my, my grandfather was a, a cattleman and a farmer. And so I would go spend a lot of the time in the summer with them. And so at night, there's really nothing to do. He would watch the weather and, you know, and so my grandmother had these books that were just laying around about different things. And I would go through and read these books and some of them were longer, some of them were shorter, but I can remember one of these books was a book of Aesop's fables. And I guess that's how you say it. Aesop's, Aesop's, it's a weird word, right? But I can remember one that really somehow or another, I don't know why, hit home to me. And it was a picture book. And it would go through and, and show you a picture and have maybe four or five sentences at the bottom of the picture. It was made for a kid my age. And so this particular fable was about the drowning boy. And this is kind of how it went. So one day, this older gentleman was walking by on the road and he looked over and he heard this yelling and screaming. So he looked over in the pond and there's a young boy in the pond and he was screaming, help me, help me. And so the older man went and sat on the side of the pond at the bank and began to scold the young man for getting in over his head, tell him why he did that and how wrong he was. And his parents should have told you better than to be out there. And the whole time the kid's saying, just save me. And what happened was the man continued to scold him until the boy drowned. Now, as an eight year old kid, you're like, well, that's kind of dark. Right. But the moral of the story, and it goes back to Aesop's fables always had a moral of the story. And the moral of the story was save the drowning boy and scold him on the bank. Right. So I don't know why that stuck with me, but it did. And when I started the business, you begin to have customers. And when you have customers, as you know, you have problems, you have issues. There's things that happen. Right. And I can, I can remember back to several instances, not nothing specific, but where something would happen that we messed up on or whatever the case was, and the customer was down. Our software wasn't working in their environment. And our people began to point fingers at each other of whose fault it was. The whole time the customer's down. So they're not working. Our people are pointing fingers at each other. And I asked the simple question, so I guess the customer's back up now? And there was silence. And they went right back into within 10 seconds of pointing fingers and blaming who so-and-so did this and they didn't do that and they didn't follow up with this. And it blew my mind. And I'm like, can we just stop? And who can help fix the customer? And finally someone said, yeah, I can do this and I can do that. Well, let's do that. So we got the customer back up. I called another meeting and said, what was it? It was a very simple thing. It took them 10 minutes to fix. And there was another incident not two weeks later that was almost exactly the same thing. And for some reason, that fable popped into my head. And 
the fable is, once again, the idea behind it is, is save the drowning boy and then scold them once they're on the side. So going back to what we do, we've got a customer that's down. Our number one job is to go fix the customer. Once the customer's fixed, once everything's good again, then we can huddle up as a group and go, what in the world happened? Why did this take place? It's not always about finding blame or pointing fingers. It's about coaching or find out what happened, right? But it's crazy how human nature is when something bad happens that people get defensive and they begin to point fingers at each other. And so everybody here at Access at some point in time has heard that story from me. And it's important to me because, you know, it comes down to what is our mission? You know, that is to provide healthcare software and solutions to hospitals to make things better for the patient and for the clinicians, right? It's probably not the right words, but exact words, but roundabout, that's what we do. And how can we do that if we're blaming each other internally when our mission is not being accomplished? And let's accomplish the mission and then come back and talk about what happened. And there's nothing worse as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, the leader, is to see your mission not happening and your people over here arguing about why that's the problem and why it's down and who's to, who's to blame for this and start positioning themselves politically so that they don't take a fall. I'm sure that never happened in your career. Yeah, never. And this is one of the crux when it comes to scaling your organization, right? Is you have this, this parable of the save the drowning boy and, and it's forever seared in your mind and, and you approach life with this mentality, right? But then you have this company that you start and you want the same kind of concept to be carried through, but you have to hire more people than just Tim Elliott, right? So you, you hire one person and the next thing you know, you've got a hundred people working at the organization and the issue is the injection of the human dynamic into that kind of thing. You got a boy that's in the middle of the, of the pond and, you know, business context on that, you have a customer that's down. People become so concerned about the self-preservation aspect of it than they do about the fix of the problem, right? Because they're worried that the leadership is going to turn and say, you threw the boy in the pond. It's your fault that the boy's in the pond. Therefore, you are the one that's going to get fired for, right. for the boy drowning. People get super concerned about, you know, again, the, the hierarchy of needs kind of thing. They become super worried about self-preservation and the fix of the issue becomes secondary to making sure that the boss knows that it's not my fault, right? And all the while, the one that's suffering is the customer. It's the customer right. that's down. The customer, it's not their fault that we've got culture issues. It's not their fault that we're more concerned about finger pointing and grandstanding than it is about fixing the problem. Just like the, the boy in the pond, like it's, it's not his fault that he's there. He's maybe it is, but he's there and he needs pulled to the, to the shore before he drowns. And it's easy to see internally and get upset internally when that happens. The reality is how many times do we have partners? We have actually have the customers that internally they have the exact same thing happen and we see it and it's, it's a little embarrassing for them. They don't see it, but we know what's going on. And we're like, oh man, this is, this is happening and this is not going to end well. And the truth always comes out at the end. It always comes out. And when that happens, the ramifications begin to exist, right? And, and what's funny is very rarely does someone ever get fired over it. But when HR gets involved is when someone says, I didn't do anything, they did it. When in reality, it was them. And that turns into a warning that turns into, you know, we, we just did a podcast just earlier and it goes back to, you know, we have to learn from our mistakes. Wisdom comes from the oops and admitting that this happened and going, man, what could I have done different? What should they have done different? What could we have done different? That's where the wisdom comes into play. 
And, you know, when that doesn't happen, there's nothing more infuriating for me than to see that happen while the people that bring revenue into this company that pay for those salaries is the one suffering from it. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the thing about people as well, is that we want to be proud of our accomplishments. We want to be proud of our education, of our experience, of our knowledge, of our wisdom, on and on and on. And so when you are working in this situation on software, right? And so sometimes stuff just breaks. And sometimes we don't really know the explanation, but the three hardest words for people to mutter in that type of situation is oftentimes, I don't know. Right. I don't know. And that ends up causing, again, you talk about those downstream effects that people don't want to take ownership for it and get it fixed because they're just terrified to say that they don't know the solution to the problem. And it ends up affecting the customer, unfortunately, more than it does anybody else. And, and the reality is, as the entrepreneur, all I'm looking for is I'm great with I don't know. As long as you follow up with the, with a strategy, I don't know, but here's my next step in trying to figure out what it is. Hey, we're going to pull this person and this person in. We've got a meeting scheduled with them in 30 minutes. And here's our plan. A plan. Great. It, it's a start, right? And until we find out more information about what really happened, we can't fix it. So I'm okay with I don't know, as long as it's followed up with, and here's our plan to find out what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you know, a good kind of turning point on this is, you know, people are defensive. People want to, you know, point fingers, but you know, how do, how do you do it differently as, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, how do you do it differently? What kind of culture do you foster in order to get people to focus on saving the drowning boy? What are some things that we can put in place in order to focus on the most important thing? Right. right? And, and I, th I think that's a good place to go with this next. Yeah. And let me throw one more thing at you before we head too far in that direction. We've also had situations that have a team of people have thrown the boy into the water and when they begin to yell, all go in there together and pull them out and then go to the side and talk about how great they are and what cheerleaders they are. And I know you've, you've dealt with that. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we fixed this. Look, we, we pulled this thing out of the fire and it's time after time we pull something out of the fire. And the reality is, well, it wouldn't have been a fire if you would have done your job in the first place. Let's quit throwing them in the water. Yeah. Our, our teams have heard me yell about that multiple times, like stop messing something up and then fixing your mistake and then throwing out your shoulder from patting yourself on the back. All you've done is get us back to zero right. at this point. So stop celebrating a win when in reality, you're just fixing your mistake in the first place. Which is, you know, it's funny because they're, they're opposite extremes of, you know, you go by and, and you see someone drowning and you get them out versus you almost throw them in in order to get them out and ask for praise. Or maybe even worse than that is you get, you, you wave your hand around to make sure that people see that there's a boy in the pond that's drowning before you heroically jump them in and save them and then proclaim to the world about what a hero you are. It's happened many times here. <laughs> yeah. Ask me how I know. Yeah. I don't know which one's more difficult. I don't know which one drives me crazier. Yeah. I think both of them lead towards a uh, Friday afternoon conversation with, with HR. Yes. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> So, so what are some, you know, for you, for, for me, this is really near and dear to my heart, right? Cause it's, a, it's a major truth to me. It's a major value of what we do and, and who we are, but you know, you've been with us how long now? It's been three years, almost exactly. Oh, As a matter really? of fact, yeah. LinkedIn, let me know. I think it was last week that was it really, yeah, you celebrate your three years at excess. I don't know if my tennis bracelets in the mail or exactly when that's going to arrive, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk to marketing. I, th I think it's uh, Amazon delivering it and it's made of rubber bands. Hey, whatever. Yeah. You pop yourself with it whenever you had a bad day. <laughs> just to remind yourself that you're human. Man, I'll be scarred by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've been here three years and so you've, 
you've been a, a part of our culture now for three years and you've seen a lot of changes and you help redirect mm-hmm. our culture. Right. So in, in hearing that story and, and what are some of your takeaways from being here three years that some things you don't have to tell, you know, details, but you know, what are some things that you've seen? What are some things that you've experienced? Cause this is, you know, every company you go to is different, right? They have their own culture. You came from one mm-hmm. that a very different culture, very different mission than we have. And so you, you jump over here and it's, you know, you jumped into the software world, you jumped into things being in some ways more complex and some things Very way so, simpler. Yeah. So what are some things that you've seen along with that whole concept of save the drowning boy that maybe is different than what you've dealt with in the military in your previous job? Well, I've actually brought some of the elements of the military over to that, over towards the ability to address the fact that everybody wants to be heard on the fix and how do we make the most important thing, the most important thing in the beginning, which is fixing the customer issue and then provide the mechanism for us to be able to reflect back and learn from our mistakes. And in the military, after every single training operation, after every single combat operation that you do, you do what's called an after action review. And it provides a forum for people to come in. Oftentimes it's, it's leadership level, but it's broken all the way down to the, to the squad size level as well to do essentially a debrief on what was supposed to happen, what did happen, what are the sustains, which means what went well and what can we improve, right? And the implementation of, of something like that, and again, you don't have to have that level of rigidity to it, but again, some mechanism, some outlet in place so you can reflect back allows people to table that a little bit and allows people to understand that, again, this is about fixing the problem and then we can worry about the process or the procedure. And I know those are your two favorite words, fixing the process or the procedure to keep it from happening again in the future. And it makes people feel heard and it makes them engage in the process as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we don't have those issues anymore is people know that once an issue is resolved, that we're going to do an after action report. And them feeling like that's a safe place for them to be able to come in and be heard. And for us to really get down to what happened, because nobody really, well, not anymore, they don't intentionally do those things. But for them to get together and go, okay, what really took place is we don't want this to happen again. I think that being put in place allows people to fix the problem. Let's get it resolved. And then let's come back and find out how do we, number one, keep it from happening again, learn from it and put, put a procedure or a policy or something in place so that we don't do that again. And I think they almost look as forward to that as they do what the fix was. So getting the customer happy and getting an email from like, Hey, we're back up. Thank you guys are awesome. You know, we're good. That's a great day when you get that email or you get that phone call. The second part of that is the day after, two days after the after action report to really dive in to find out what really took place. And once you find out what that is, even if it's something you did wrong, everybody learns from it and goes, wow, I don't want to have to deal with that again. This is going to help us. I think people look forward to that. Well, and it also provides the mechanism for people to expose themselves if they're not adhering to this concept of save the drowning boy, right? if they walk into that and they're still worried about pointing fingers and they're still worried about, you know, making sure that their own butt is protected, then that gets to the other side of it is, is holding people accountable to this concept, right? right? And being ruthless is a tough word to use in this, but holding people accountable to this idea that, that, that it really is about the customer first and, and not about self-preservation and not about making sure that people know that you're either the hero or not the villain and rooting that out. And that was a process that we had to go through. And that was one of the advantages of coming in from the outside and being an objective opinion is you and I were able to have some really tough conversations about people and you know the, the truths that we believed about them for a long time were maybe not the truth then or had evolved over time. And so we had this mechanism. We knew that we could, we book into the idea. 
we want to adhere to this concept of save the drowning boy first to make the most important thing, the most important thing. We're providing this mechanism for us to conduct and, you know, we'll review afterwards to understand what truly happened and how do we fix it in the future. So then it left the, the, the middle part of the book, which there were some ugly chapters in there for people to expose themselves, for us to hold them accountable, try to help them change and grow and ultimately get rid of them if they don't, and then replace them with people that going back to the beginning of the book, adhere to this concept of saving the drowning boy, making the most important thing, the most important thing. Which also goes back to the old concept of another one of our key but core values is humble, hungry, smart. Mm-hmm. You know, those people that point fingers that won't take coaching, that's the humble part that they just are not willing to change. They're going to stick with their ego and they're going to make it political. They're going to make it organizational chart based and they don't fit in with the mission of the team. I think a, a big part of it is, you know, because we hire different, because we hire based on humble, hungry, smart, that we don't have those issues like we did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one other idea that I want to bring up here is this fact that failure starts at the leadership level. 100% of the time, the company becomes, you know, over time, a reflection of the leadership, right? At various levels. And are you, and this is a question that we have to ask ourselves and make sure we're adhering to this concept as well, too. If a customer goes down, is the first question out of your mouth, who's to blame? Or is the first question out of your mouth, what's the fix? And I think all too often, and I'm guilty of this as well over the years too, is, you know, wanting to know, wanting to have a scapegoat, wanting to have somebody to point the finger at, and because that makes us feel better, right? That makes us think it isn't our software. It's not broken. It's not the leadership. The leadership isn't broken. It's person A's fault. And if we do that, if we lead into an issue with wondering who's to blame, well, then, then we can't be upset with the people that are protecting their own butts and not wanting to save the drowning boy. Right. Well, in doing that makes it too, it's too easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the lazy way out. And, you know, the more difficult is to really hone down and find out what really happened. But once again, that's the difference between success and failure. You know, the successful people are willing to do what the unsuccessful people are not willing mm-hmm. to do. And, you know, the only way you get better, the only way you build a culture of that is to do the right things over and over again. And that's not always easy. And pointing fingers is not the right way to start. Yeah. So, you know, rounding this thing out, I think it boils down to making the most important thing, the most important thing. And, you know, you as a leader have to ultimately determine what that happens to be inside of your organization, but it should be success in taking care of your customers, the people that are, that are, that are keeping the lights on inside of that organization. And then secondary to that is making sure that the people that support that concept feel similar to your customer and make sure that you are setting a culture and fostering a culture that is supportive of that, that isn't worried about pointing a finger at who's to blame. It's about taking care of the issue and then putting that mechanism in place on the tail end to review and to reflect using some tough skin and asking some tough questions about what happened, how do we make it better? How do we prevent it from happening again? Because you know, one time it's, it's an incident, but the 10th, 15th, 20th time it happens, it's a culture and that culture's on you as a leader. All said like a true operator. Like a true operator. That's a good thing to wrap this up. Yeah. I like it. All right. Appreciate your time, Tim. Thank you. And for our listeners, you know, again, we're always looking for feedback on this podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Give us some critical feedback, how we can make this thing better. Go to our website at accessefm.com. Check us out there. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a tweet. Give us a thumbs up. And appreciate you guys listening.